listening to The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? You're listening to The Hockey Show on ESPN Chicago. Christmas Eve in the city of Chicago. This is the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. Merry Christmas, bud. Merry Christmas to you, too. We got home whites against Nashville. We got a white Christmas outside. It's uh, Everything's coming together for us, except for the team. That's true. And, yeah. But you know what? I'll tell you what. The holidays have helped me balance out my mood with watching this team. Was that right? Yeah, a little, a little, yeah. Uh, little clarity. Yeah. Like, I, what I are you grateful for? I'm I'm the cat looking for a ball of yarn to be thrown in front of me. You throw Hosa's retirement jersey. Oh yeah, let's let's reminisce about yeah. that. You throw Ov's 800th. Oh, let me take a look at that. Patty and and Johnny playing the thousand. Oh, let's walk down that memory lane. All the so, video montages. Uh, get getting montage. your warm and fuzzy. Montage, yeah. baby, yeah. montage. Yeah. So, look, when you lose eight straight entering last night's game uh, against Columbus and 16 of 17, it's a broken record. You know, like, uh, how do you stay positive and this and that? You can't. You can't. You so, can't. you got to look for other things and, you know. You got to just manufacture it. Yeah. You got to have a good time. Some of the boys, like Ma- Max Domi made a fu- funny comment at practice on Thursday. Uh, he said that... Uh, his entire family's coming to town. They're staying all weekend. Okay. They can't wait. He goes, when I played in Columbus, eh, no one ever, no one ever visited me. It's a good place to live. We yeah. get to live here. It's like my my caption. Like we get to get to live here. It's beautiful outside. Uh, you know, all the landmarks. It's a great, it's a great Christmas city, I would say. Like New York and Chicago so. are, I think, are the two best Christmas cities. Yeah, it hit me again two Saturdays ago when we were doing the show, and all the families were bringing their kids yep. down for the different you know, plays and musicals and everything that's going on, pictures with Santa and all that. Because, you know, for the last two years prior, mm-hmm. you know, if you had a, a six-year-old, you they, they were shut out. Yeah. I'll tell you, when, when I before I started doing this content thing full-time, I worked for a company that was based in Poland. Those people, and they lived in Warsaw, Gdansk, Krakow, they would come over to Chicago for two weeks before Christmas, do a couple of shows, do all of their shopping here, bring empty bags, wow. and then ship everything back. So there is something There's something to be said for that, too. It is just a great place. People always give it a hard time. Oh, it's the winter. is so tough. I think that feeling starts around January 3rd or 4th. Right now, it's nice. Yeah. It's not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the weather, you deal with it, you yep. move on. Patty Kane is having, uh, speaking of family, mm-hmm. he's having all sisters come in. That's nice. And mom and dad are already here. You got little... Patty boy, uh, deep down, if we gave him a little truth serum mm-hmm. with the frustration that I saw on Wednesday night when, you know, he he took the stick smashed and it. smashed it after his probably what, ninth shot on goal against Nashville. He had a great game. He had, <laughs> had one of his best of the year yeah. and d- didn't have a point to show for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things I do think he can't. I mean, he's Patrick Kane. He's going to eventually start getting his goals and his points. I think he's shooting a career low. He might be under 4% now, something like that. So I think some of those are going to go in. Uh, you need a, a few good bounces and, and uh, a little puck luck. It has to go his way eventually. 
But yeah, I mean, you, the frustration is there, and you know, and I he's he's always been a guy that I think most fans will watch, even if he doesn't have the puck. And there are times where if it's like an offsides and it's just, or the guy you know takes a shot when he shouldn't, and it's a whistle, and he you can see the frustration on his face shift to shift. It's not even just at the end of the games necessarily where he's smashing sticks because maybe he's frustrated the puck just didn't go in. I think it's like a shift by shift thing where he's getting a little pent up. At least that's how it seems. Yeah, yeah. and here's the thing: I don't want to remember him this way, Chief. Yeah, I know. I, I and I won't. I I, yeah. I, I, I can you know compartmentalize things, mm-hmm. but we are sometimes prisoners of the moment. Yep, and you know, like I, I mean, if, I had him in the playoffs earlier this year. Talk about being a prisoner of the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can they contend? Yeah. What do we do? You're out of your yeah. mind. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, they need to get off to they that. You know, a nice five start. Three, yeah. Can they be five hundred? Can they be? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hovering in the yeah. playoffs. Um. Yeah. So I don't want to remember him with smashing sticks and being frustrated mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So, I, you know, to me, it's just it's just more evidence that. That it's t- it's time to move on. Yeah, right. As much as you love seeing those two guys in the building, and the eighty-eight, nineteen jerseys littered throughout the United Center, I I, I don't want to see these guys just. Yeah, and I think I said something similar last week. Like I, I I was watching the Winnipeg game, and I was like, you know. Some birds aren't meant to be caged, you know, and it's like it's time to just let these guys spread their wings and see if they can find, uh, you know, kind of happier times elsewhere as their careers wind down, or at least how the season winds down. You want to see those guys fired up, excited to play with certain teammates, excited to play meaningful hockey, make it be a difference maker for a team that's trying to get in the playoffs, trying to win a series, trying to chase down a cup, and it's just not going to happen here, and, and it's it's – this season is, you know, it's like a cement truck just rolling down. It's just like inch by inch, and it's just like it can't. You can't. Doesn't matter how far, how fast you hit the accelerator, it only goes like three miles an hour, and it feels like we're crawling to the end of the season, or at least crawling to the deadline. Yes, we are. Uh, so, to, you know, we're in the the holiday spirit here with Christmas coming tomorrow, Santa coming later tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, you put out a, a poll question uh, earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. And we all want the number one overall pick. So that's a given. Yeah. Right? That's the gift that you want the Blackhawks to receive and, and take Bedard, maybe a Fantilli, whatever the case may be. What, it, it, assuming you, you already get the number one pick or that is your number one gift, mm-hmm. what would be an item you would want to give to this, this Blackhawks team for Christmas? Well, I think the first and foremost thing as we sit here presently, you need Tampa to lose in the first round. You want that, you want that other draft point. pick to be as high as possible. And then, you know, I don't know what they're going to get or if they're even going to be able to trade Taves and Canada. It's like we've talked about that. Or I just, you know, look at the NHL and, and who needs what and who has the money and who has anything to give back. It, it's, it's slim pickings. So I would like some way, somehow, to get a third uh, first-round pick in this coming, in this coming draft. Because then it's like you're – you can kind of see things starting to take shape from a prospect pool standpoint. They just they have some nice kind of second tier guys. They have one top line guy, Korchinski. Hopefully, you get another one with Bedard or Fantilli. And then if you can add two more, like let's say you know two more NHL caliber guys in the first round, which is not a guarantee, it starts to look okay. And you get you know throw this, throw this more cards in. This is the Twitter in. thread that you dropped earlier in the week, yes. right? You yeah. you had a, like a, like a come to. Blackhawks moment, yeah, where you had a lot of positivity. 
Yeah, and, and and I think it's we have we're on the eve basically of uh, the World Junior uh, Championship, and you know, so captain of Team Sweden, and you, you know, we've got I think four guys on Canada, five if you want to count Bedard or Fantilli, and uh, <laughs> you know, if you I just like, want to like that. write that one in pencil. That works. And uh, so there's some things to be excited about, and then you read about the guys who didn't make it. Ryan Green is having a really should have ni- made it, probably should have made it, having a real nice year for BU. And coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're gonna have Colby Cohen. A mm-hmm. BU alum uh, won the national championship for them, had yep. the goal that clinched that. Most uh, outstanding player in the Frozen Four. Yeah. I don't think people talk about that. Enough. No, yeah. we should we should yeah. make sure we do that in the intro. And he talked to Green uh, and Camesso a couple of weeks ago, so we'll get his take on mm-hmm. kind of where they're at. And, you know, there's politics at, at the World Junior Championship. Oh, yeah. And there's, like... That's how Dabrinka got left off twice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, seriously. He made, but, it, he made it as a double underage, and then they... Left him off the last two years, so explain that. Now he's got fifty goals a year, so. and and so and then there, there's like a, a number of players that they want to take from college, yeah. And I think Green just, yeah, fell th- to that you know number was right. So he's with. a Canadian kid, and Canada wants the the major junior guys, the CHL guys, right. where America might lean more heavily towards the Canadians Amen. or towards the college kids. So yeah, that's definitely that is definitely a thing. And might be part of the reason why Debrinket got left off too. That's if you think point, about yeah. it, because he was playing for. Um, why am I blanking on his? He was with McDay Erie Erie Otters. Erie, Erie Otters. So, uh, yeah. So that could be that could certainly be a factor. But yeah, like you look and it's like you're intrigued by a number of the names, and it's like there used to be here with when the pipeline was so thin. It was like, well, if they can just get one or two, they got a lot of guys already there. You just need role players. Now it's like, okay, like you're kind of in a similar boat. You don't need all of these guys to hit. Like they have, you know, the three defensemen for Team Canada with Korchinski, Allen, Del Mastro. I would be shocked just from like a numbers game. Nothing about those guys in particular. If all three got 200 NHL games, that's just that's just kind of how it works out. And uh, so if the but if two of those guys hit. Then you're like, all right, all right. Now, now we're looking okay where it's, you know, and then you add another couple first-round picks this year, and maybe some of these Ledwinski and Green and some of these guys hit, and it's like you're filling out your nucleus and, you're, you know, like the spine of your team, and you just need you need the brain. <laughs> That's going to be the, 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 the thing that drives the boat, which would be Bedard or Fantilli. Yeah, no, I, I like what you're thinking there. Did, we saw a brief glimpse of Isaac Phillips the other night against mm-hmm. Nashville. Uh it's way too soon to come up yeah. with, you know, a, a ceiling or a comp or anything like that. But, I mean, you know, he leads the AHL in plus minus. Yep. Are, are you impressed at all with him? Could he be the type of guy that gets 200 games in the National Hockey League? Uh, I, I, in the in the National Hockey League, yes. Here, I don't know. Because yeah. he might eventually just get squeezed out by Renzel, Korchinski, some of these other guys. Um, and at the time being, you still have Jones, McCabe, and Murphy locked up long term. So uh, does he get it here? Does he get that opportunity here? I'm not sure. But he looks like a pretty good physical specimen. Like He's, he's a big kid, skates well. Um, I, you know, he was on the ice for the first goal. I've seen people saying that was a bad change. I didn't love his gap. I thought he was a little flat-footed there. And normally when you get caught flat-footed, you're at or around the blue line. He he was like in no man's land, like maybe a couple strides um, in the, into the neutral zone where he got yeah. beat. So it was like that was like – but again, first game, first period, you, you want to see him get more reps at the NHL level. But he looks to me like a guy who could mature into like a, a steady stay-at-home 5'6 guy who's 
not exactly fun to play against because he's big and mean. Well, with the injury to Jared Tenorti, yeah. he is going to get a lot more run here mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks. Ian Mitchell, uh, we'll probably see some more of him. Uh, I don't know what the the franchise's plans are for Ian Mitchell. Yeah, um, you know. If you look at Kyle Davidson, you know, he does lean towards size. Yep. Like if if all things are equal, bigger the better, and that's kind of where he's gone as far as drafting players, as far as acquiring players, mm-hmm. and um, not all the time. I and mean, you know, Max Domi's not a big guy by any means, but, but he's he got plays bite to with his game. snarl. Yeah, yeah, and and, and Mitchell. If we were going to say one thing in particular, he's not super explosive, so you'd maybe you'd like him to have a little bit more power in his stride, accelerate a little bit better. But he's a good skater and a smart kid, and he's got good tools offensively. I do wish he had a little bit more bite to his game. Yeah. And, and that's something that's it's like you have it or you don't, and we haven't seen it yet. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm rooting for him. I really like him as a person, uh, so I want, it, I want it to work out here. And he's got. A, he's going to have a great shot. He's going to have a great shot in the last, I don't know, 40 games of the year to, to prove that he's worth – you know, a spot on that right side. If you thought you had a, a tough couple of weeks, uh, we need to revisit what happened to Jared Tenorti in the last couple of weeks. We'll do that. There's some uh, interesting trade rumors. One out of Ottawa, uh, poking around yeah. uh, for a, for a a number one defenseman on the Blackhawks. We'll get into that as well. It's the hockey show, the Christmas Eve edition on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The The, The Hockey Hockey Show Show. on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and the ESPN Chicago app. You're listening to The Hockey Show. When you're at home, don't miss Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. The Christmas Eve edition of the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. We are sponsored by the Chicago Wolves. Shout out to them for their loyalty to this show. And we hope you're having a great holiday weekend and you're getting ready for Santa tonight and that you get everything you want. Uh, We're talking hockey and we, you know, we would like a Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli. To to uh, yeah, know, come down the chimney at the when the draft finally settles. So we're also looking at you know some other options for the Blackhawks. Yeah, I, I hope this Bedard Fantilli, like this World Junior, is kind of like when you sneak in your parents' room and find the stash of presents before Christmas morning. Like you're just poking around, looking like, oh, did I get that PlayStation? Like let's go sneak around, take a look under their bed, see what you find. So I hope that's what this serves as heading into uh, one of my favorite tournaments. And, and this is one where I feel like all Blackhawks fans will should be paying a little extra close attention to it. No question. We'll get into that coming up. Uh, again, Colby Cohen will join us in a little bit. Uh, he is Mr. College Hockey with ESPN, and so he's got a beat on uh, some of the, the Hawks prospects and uh, what to expect at the World Juniors. Okay, um, Jared Tenorti, we talked about his toughness last week. Mm-hmm. So just to go back and recap what this defenseman has gone through over the last couple of weeks. Had a hip injury a couple weeks back, missed five games. Finally gets cleared to go. First shift of the game, goes into the corner, takes a skate to the face. 
Not great. Not not a great start. <laughs> Unpleasant. Yeah. So uh, it takes 75 to 100 stitches. They had to stitch the outside of it was it was like through. between like uh, the dimple in your chin up through his lip. They had to sew it up on either side and also it's ins- like a reverse Joker. Y- yeah. 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 <laughs> a frowny like, face Joker. Yeah. I mean, so. Uh, and he came at back and played in that game. Let, yeah. Just let me just throw that in there. Like he doesn't care about his face at all. I, that happens to any one of us in, in the real world. You're you're sidelined minimum a week. Yeah, uh, from, I mean, I did get three stitches in my finger and made the show that day. Not, you did not to brag. You did. <laughs> so, yeah, as you broke <laughs> me and Jared Tenorio, just like we're yeah, cut from yeah, the same but cloth. I think so Iron speak Man. for yourself. That's true. Yeah, that's true. All right, so you did yep. play hurt. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first shows yep. of the year. Go back uh, on uh, Chiefs timeline there if you want to see the gory, bloody details. Still can't close it. It's just really? I got a permanent a claw. Yeah, I got some damage there. So some oh, nerve sorry damage. about that. Yeah, what are you gonna do? I'm All right, retired so let's anyway, back so. to the real tragedy here. Yeah. It's Jared Tenorti <laughs> as we get sidetracked by the the finger Heroism. issue that yeah. <laughs> Chief had a couple, couple few weeks back. Um, so he comes back in that game with the 75 stitches, finishes it up. Has the face shield on, yep. obviously. Plays a couple games with that face shield. And, of course, as every every hockey player doesn't want that on. Right. So he finally gets clearance to take that off. Wouldn't you know, first game takes it off. He takes a puck to the face. <sighs> Shatters the orbital bone. That's bad. Has to go through surgery to... And they had to uh, wire his mouth shut. And, I mean... This is in a two-week span, and he was playing pretty damn good hockey. Yeah. This is like a, you might just want to shut it down for the year. Like the, the hockey gods are saying, hey, hey, enough. Like You've actually been too much of a good veteran presence on this team. Yeah. We need to get you removed. Uh, and that orbital bone, like, have you ever seen that happen? I did that to somebody playing pickup basketball one time. Okay. There, it looks like your face, like the guy's Cajun. face is like melting, like melting. a Salvador Dali, like clock melt uh, down the, or like the Indiana Jones where the guy's face melt. It's bad. So that's poor Jared Tenorti. Like, yeah, there's just, I'm sure. And I'm sure he would try to play through that if he could. Well, I mean, when he returned to the game with the 75 to 100 stitches, and again, they don't know the number because they, they literally, you the doctors count. lost count. Yeah. Uh, he came back and was hitting players in that game. He led the team in, in hits per game before he, he went on the shelf with a hip injury. Uh, he was blocking shots in that game. Like At some point, like you said, you're thinking, like, okay, the hockey guys are not mm-hmm. exactly smiling on me. This is not a great run for me. Uh, maybe I need to take myself out of harm's way. I'm on a bad team. You start making business decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right? Like, you know. Unless this is like a reverse business decision because he's not cam newton right he's he's a guy who's he knows how he has to play to be in the league right and so he's like you know what if my face is falling apart i don't care right and uh so we'll stitch it up we'll put humpty dumpty back together again after the season and and he's just he only knows and no apparently knows one way to play and i i love guys like that and i've really enjoyed watching him play this year so i hope he gets healthy and i because he is like he's a presence out there and I think he's a good example for uh, some of these young defensemen that are filtering in and out of the lineup. And he's only making one point one million dollars, or no, nine nine hundred thousand. So yeah. he's he's in, on an expiring contract. It was a waiver claim. That yeah, like a great. Like if you were a contending team and you got the type of play in the third pair out of Tenorti as a waiver claim, you would be over oh. the moon. 
Yeah. You'd be ecstatic. And and I did hear in the past week some rumors that some teams were interested in him. Now, with all these injuries and him being on the shelf here for, as, as Luke Richardson put it, a while, it seems like at least... You know, a week to two weeks to, mm-hmm. to probably more. Probably, I would, um, I would assume more. You know, I, I don't know how many teams would be interested in uh, kicking the tires there, but there was a rumor out of Ottawa, and you take it from there. Yeah, the rumor they didn't. Uh, it was from Elliot Friedman. He didn't get too specific on what the return package was, and kind of threw a wet blanket on the idea. But it was Ottawa was calling the Blackhawks about Seth Jones, and. I've seen, you know, from different corners of Blackhawks, Twitter, just rejecting that idea. Like, oh, they don't have the money. They don't have this. I actually think it makes a ton of sense for Ottawa. Uh, If you look at their cap situation, I love Thomas Chabot as as like a real number one defenseman. He's locked up forever, basically, at $8 million a year. Their other core pieces are Drake Batherson. He's locked up. Uh, You're going to have to pay Jake Sanderson, but he's got number one potential. Point being, Brady Chuck locked up. They have like that cap certainty, and the cap's only going up. You could probably afford to slide in at Seth Jones and probably have him in your second pair. So now all of a sudden, you have a guy you can trust for 26 minutes a night, and one way or another, you're either going to be playing Chabot or you're going to be playing against Seth Jones, and they need... They're probably looking at this time as like, hey, like this is kind of our time to strike. Well, that's... Uh, I mean, that, with the offseason they had, sure. Yep. Uh, but they won't be able to resign to Brinkett if they if they go down the the you don't nine. Think so? I mean, what's got, their cap situation? It, it's I think it's looking into the future like okay. I mean, so, Alex is going to get paid. He's an RFA. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, he's not having a fifty goal year as far as as last time I checked. So we can pull that up right now. But. They don't really have any commitments. I think they could probably do both. Um, and, you know, they have the goalie. They got Anton Forsberg as their goalie. He's been playing okay for him. Yeah, so DeBrinkett's got – he's just under a point per game. He's got nine goals on the year. So not quite the numbers that he had playing with Patrick Kane and uh, Dylan Strom. But they don't really have anything locked up for next season other than Brady to Chuck. They got Giroux for two more years after this one at six and a half. But that's really kind of it. Zaitsev, I mean, they, they're – they're in a spot where they can add a lot, and they also have one of the best prospect pools uh, in the in the league. So you're going to be able to fill some of these guys. You're going to let walk with replacement entry level deals. To me, it makes sense because they have their core, they have their young core, and it depends on what they'd be willing to to give up. And maybe you get the Hawks to, to eat twenty percent. Who knows to get an extra an extra asset? I don't know. Um, but it, it feels like there there could be a deal to be made there if, if both sides want Well, I would it. certainly entertain it from the Hawks. It. Yeah, that's the thing. He's got a no-movement yeah. clause because that's Full. what Stan does. Yep. And <laughs> It was shocking to me that Jake McCabe and Connor Murphy both have modified. Modified no-trade yeah. clauses. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, don't sweet, have Jesus. to give those out. No. Yeah. No. It's just like... Especially... Guy, like a, a guy like Seth of, Jones, who you paid over market right. value for for yeah. for the t- for him, right? So just you know, give him a nice bottle of champagne yeah. or a watch or something. Sure. You don't have to give them no uh, movement. I think clause. the nine yeah. and a half per for eight, I think that's fine. Was, was yeah. a, a kind gesture. Yeah, some kind of housewarming gift on top of that oh, is fine. And we'll take your yeah. brother, right? Yeah, and he's probably not playing with going. His, right. I mean, so my I, God, that, that just it just never made any sense for any of the ones that he gave out, aside from nineteen or eighty eight, and. It, but yeah, so I I think that they. You but know. here's my thing: if I'm Seth, okay, and and I came from Columbus mm-hmm. and and didn't experience uh, much success there, yeah. 
one round, I think, right? They yeah. beat Tampa that one year. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you come here hoping for more. Yeah. Uh, it you, it seems like they're in adding mode because mm-hmm. of the commitment they made to him and to Marc-Andre Fleury and others yep. that year. All right. Total rebuild. Uh are you signing up? I mean, because on paper, Ottawa looks good, but yeah. like right now, they're not a playoff team. And no. they don't look to be close to being a playoff they team. They don't. I think they're currently at the, but I think this is more of a long term play than just immediate in the immediate future. It seems like a GM and, and uh, hockey ops uh, front office that is, is, is GMing for their job right now. You think so? Well, I mean, because like, of what they, you yeah. know, how they went. No, you're right. But I mean, Stutzel's been out. He's another guy who's locked up. He's he's baked in at uh, eight point three five. Josh Norris, another very important player, also on IR. He's in long long term for just under eight. So this is what I mean. Like they have their core, and I think that if they're like, hey, what are we missing? We're missing something on the right we're side. We're missing Ryan Reynolds, and we're missing <laughs> Seth Jones. Yeah, and they are currently out. They're in last place right now through thirty two games, where they got thirty points. And I mentioned they had all those injuries. Detroit, who I think is very flawed. Uh, and I like the direction they're heading, but they're not ready yet. They're sitting fourth, and they're in that in that wild card range with thirty five points. And uh, you know, and the Rangers are in a wild card spot with forty one points. So it's not like inconceivable that if they get healthy and make a couple of tweaks, that they could be a better team in the second half. How about the rumor that the Oilers are interested in one Sam Lafferty, who? Again, we, he was kind of like the, the Brandon Hagel of this year's team. He's making $1.15 million, uh this year and next. That's key. He's 27, got the speed. You've seen, you know, like, look, he, he had the lottery ticket the other day. He's playing with Kane on the top line. I mean, that yeah. that doesn't happen in with any other team. But he does have flexibility. He's mm-hmm. the type of guy that I think you could move him up and down your yeah. lineup and, and – He's not as good as Hagel, no. but he's yeah. He's got ish. seven points in twenty five games. Yeah. It's not like he's, but you know what you're getting, and he's a smart kid. Who, if you have him on your third line, imagine him and like that young kid they have, Dylan Holloway, the kid who went to Wisconsin. That's now you're starting to be fast, hard to play against, good size. Like there, if you're loading up for a playoff run and you're Edmonton and you have all this, you're a very top heavy team cap wise. These are, these guys are invaluable. So I don't know what the price tag for him would be if Hagel got. I mean, Davidson should have been arrested for that. That was they absolutely fleeced Tampa in that deal, and I know nobody wants to hear it because you know he was so good here and young and cheap, and but he's more valuable to them than he is to what the Blackhawks are trying to do. Sure. So if if he's worth two players and two firsts, two NHL players and two firsts, yeah. What could you get for Lafferty? Could and again, the production's not anywhere near what. Hagel had, but I think could you get if they get desperate enough, could you squeeze a first or a, or a second out of them? I think that's possible, and I think you probably pull the trigger on that. Coming up, it's the World Junior Championships. We're going to see a lot of Blackhawks on Team Canada, especially on the back end. We'll get uh, Colby Cohen's thoughts on that and uh, all things Blackhawks on the Christmas Eve edition of the Hockey Show on ESPN One Thousand. The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. Back before you know it, we are Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. You're listening to The Hockey Show on the AM at 1000, on the FM at 100.3 HD2, on your phone, through the ESPN Chicago app.
Christmas time. Oh, yeah. The Christmas Eve edition of the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 rolls on Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. I like this Beach Boys it's a good Christmas one. song. It's I really a good do. One. Yeah. Gets the vibes going. It does. You know, it doesn't have to be all white Christmas all the time. You can have Christmas at the beach. Um, let's uh, let's go to the phone lines and bring in uh, one of my teammates from NBC Sports Chicago and the Chicago Blackhawks, Colby Cohen. You see him uh, between the benches. You see him up in the booth. You see him uh, pre and post. Swiss Army knife. He, he does it all, and he joins <laughs> us on the hockey show. Happy holidays, Colby. How are you doing today? I'm good, and the one thing you will never see me do is singing the Beach Boys, even though I love them. But I do know that uh, singing is not something that anybody ever wants to hear me do. So. I mean, that's a tough one, too. That's like a very unique voice. It's one of those you just can't even try. Even even yeah, alone in the car or the shower, you just got to leave the Beach Boys alone. 100%. Can't ruin a classic mm-hmm. like the Beach Boys. Well, let's start uh, Let's start with the Blackhawks, and then we'll get to the World Juniors. Um you know, look, this has been tough sledding for the Blackhawks, and we saw the frustration on on Patrick Kane's uh, on a stick that he shattered as he left the ice against Nashville the other night. Uh, you're between those benches. You get to see these guys when they come off the ice. Uh, do, do you think it's starting to wear on 88 a little bit that the lack of production is there? And, and it, again, it's no fault of his own. He had probably one of his guest, best games of the season on Wednesday and just had nothing to show for it at the end. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think it's starting to wear on him because, you know, this is a guy who going back to, let's say, peewee hockey and, you know, playing for Honey Baked, you know, before he went on to the U.S. Junior, you know, national. I mean, he's always produced at every single level. And even when they said he wouldn't produce, uh, like when he didn't make the U.S. national team originally, you know, he wasn't on the team originally. Then he went overseas on a special assignment tournament, tore it up, and then he gets put on the team, and then he sets all the records there. So this guy is just always produced. So I think the frustration is definitely setting in. Um, I know that he directs most of his frustration and anger at himself because of the standard that he holds himself to. Um, so yeah, like I, I think he's a human and, and I think anybody in their right mind would, would feel that right now. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, it's obvious and it's, I've never, I feel like he, so he's on pace for 59 points this year. That has to be well below his all time low in a, in a full healthy season. He's a guy who's always at least around a point per game. Is there anything that you think he can do to jumpstart things or Richardson can do to jumpstart him a little bit? Oh, man. You know, I, I don't think there's anything the coaches can do. Yeah. Um, I think Kaner is, is an intrinsically motivated individual who's, who's made his own way in this game. Um, you know, even, like I said, back when, oh, this guy's too small or this guy, he still did it. So, you know, I think the biggest thing that's challenging for, for Kaner this year is that there's just not there's it's not that I'm I need him to have Hall of Fame wingers to produce in the NHL but you you know or line mates but you need players that have a certain you know hockey IQ to play with Patrick Kane. You know, he is a elite level player. Uh, he's he's two and three steps ahead. You know, there's the famous quote from Gretzky, "Well, I never passed the puck where a guy was. I passed the puck where he was going." Right? You right. know, Patrick Kane is like Gretzky. Yeah. And it just we don't we don't have the roster or the makeup of of guys with that level of IQ that 
can can think about the game like he thinks about the game in order to put themselves in positions to be open or to set him up to get him open. So I, I don't know the answer to that question, Chief. I, I don't think so. I think it's going to have to be him taking it upon himself and, and finding ways to create for his line mates and nothing short of banking the puck in off of one of his line mates yeah. to pick up an assist. All right, Chief, by the way, uh, Patrick Kane's lowest point total. The uh, lockout shortened year, he only played 47 games, 55 points yeah. that, that year. Yeah. And Decent. then his lowest for a, a regular slate would be 64. That was the 14-15 campaign when he broke his 60, collarbone. 61 games. Only played 61 yeah, games. So, so this would by far be. Right. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, if, he was scoring 59 points in 38 games at the national development team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. And, and look, if I hear, you know, during the trade rumors that lead up to the March 3rd trade deadline, like uh, Patrick Kane has lost it or whatever, and like oh, people are trying please. to drive down the asking price for him, I'm going to be like, you know what? I will internet bully everybody yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hold you yeah, to that. I, I will be a bulldog Spe- on the internet. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of bullying, I want to ask you about this, Colby. Uh, Andreas Athanasiu, the comments he made about Jacob Truba, uh, he went out of his way to say, you know, uh, he's an $8 million guy with zero goals. He had to figure out something to do. He's almost trying to hurt people. I think those words motivated Truva to get his first two goals of the season, including one against the Blackhawks, and then chirping Athanasiu by saying, you want the puck? Uh, wh- how did you see that? Do you think that uh, sort of motivated Truva to uh, to show that, yeah, at $8 million, I can put the puck in the net? You know, we and we talked about this even on our show Look, of course it motivated Truba to want to give him the finger and say, like, F you. But, like, scoring a goal in the NHL, I mean, he'd, if he could score more, he'd score all the time. Everybody wants to score. So it, it motivated him to, to be able probably to do something impactful uh, against him, which obviously, yeah, he scores a goal and then he chirps him. And, but the whole situation in general, I loved it. I loved it. The original. I listen. I thought the original hit was clean, yeah. and then I loved the response. I loved that Truba had to drop the glove twice in that game. I loved Jujar Kara calling his own number and going and fighting Truba one year later. So the the I loved all of the beef is what I love. I love seeing guys step outside of the normal line. I like seeing guys air their frustration towards another player on another team. You know, I just, I like the feud. I really did. You I, want Desperate Housewives NHL. I get it. Old this time is, hockey, let's baby. Go, old baby. time hockey. Yeah, I like it too. And I like a little self-policing. And I, you know, this is like when I was a kid, the best thing going was Detroit and Colorado. And if you can foster some of these rivalries and then the beginning of this run, there was nothing better than Vancouver, Chicago. So it's a shame the Rangers and Hawks only play a couple times a year because I'm looking forward to this being a thing going forward. Yeah. And I do think it motivated Truba, maybe not to get a goal, but he was certainly ready with oh, a couple of lines for the for bench. Sure. Yeah. For sure. No, I mean, and look, Truba, Truba's been a good player in the NHL for a long time. Uh, you know, from all accounts, he's a good captain. He's a good leader. I think what he did a couple weeks ago really helped get his, his, the attention of his teammates and they've been on a run, the Rangers. Yep. So, you know, all in all, I think it's all good for the game because look at us 
weeks later talking about it. And that's, that's the name of the game. We want, we want to see players doing these things because we want them. We want morning radio time. We want afternoon sports show. We want, um, we want all that stuff for the game of hockey and, and a little drama. Like it's, it's good for it. And, and, like, like Chief said, self-policing is really what keeps the NHL safe. People talk about, we got to get rid of fighting, we got to get rid of this. The minute you get rid of fighting, hockey becomes more dangerous, in my opinion, because there's, there's, there's no answering for your actions. And, and you'd rather pay a fine than get, your, your, you know, get punched in the face. You'd rather pay the fine. So, I, I think you can uh, put that experiment it. to people on the street. Be like, I'll give you $100 or I can punch you in the face. <laughs> and I think people would be like, you know, like, or you have to pay me 100 you know, whatever it is. But exactly. I think that that experiment would hold up in, like, just normal human interaction. So it definitely has to Except apply to the NHL. Except for Jared Tenorti. He would, he would punch he, you in the face. He's oh, like, give me right. five of them. Give me uh, ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to put you on the spot here, Colby. Uh, we... Uh, we kind of threw it out to the listeners earlier in the week. Given that we want to give the Blackhawks the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft to take, you know, whether it's Bedard or Fantilli, what have you. What, I know who Chief's taking number one overall. I, I, I'm wavering on that a little bit. I, I'm just not – I'm still on Fantilli, I think, but I'm not, like, as married to it as I was earlier in the let's year. Let's see after the World okay. Juniors yeah. if you are. Yeah, let's, yeah, we'll revisit it. Um. So if you could give the Blackhawks a, a Christmas gift other than the number one overall pick, what, what would it be? Hmm, what would it be? I think it would be more cap flexibility and more assets. And, you know, my, my gift to the, to the Blackhawks would be a successful trade deadline and a successful second half of moving pieces off the board and continuing to garner assets because we've seen what this season is we've seen what this season is going to be we know that we're we're we're, what 16 months or so 18 months or so from not having anyone but two players under contract i believe it's connor murphy and seth jones and so this is a blank slate here in in 18 or 24 months so my, my gift to the blackhawks would be Lots of high draft picks for for all the assets that they have on their roster right now. Well, on that note, do you th- other than nineteen and eighty eight, who do you think is the next most likely guy to go, and maybe the most likely guy to garner something that you're excited about in return? Look, I think I think Max Domi is going to draw a little bit of interest. I think Andreas Athanasiu draws a little bit of interest, and I think Sam Lafferty uh, uh, might might get you one of the bigger returns because of his cap hit. You know, I, I think as much as it wouldn't be, you know, we're, we're, we'll, we'll miss him if that does end up happening because he's been a very good role player for this team um, and, and sort of has an identity as a player. But, like, I think all these guys, depending on whose needs what and whose cap situation is more dire, will, you know, will command something. But I don't think it's clear yet because we don't know who the suitors are and we don't know what their yeah. situations are to know what the value is. And I, I talked to Kyle about that, Davidson, asking him if he has an idea or a range of value. And he said that will start to become a little more obvious as we get, you know, maybe a month, month and a half out from the trade deadline because somebody could have an injury to a star player. Um, and then all of a sudden you're switching gears from thinking, okay, we need Sam Lafferty. Well, now you enter the Patrick Kane sweepstakes or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So 
I think value will be determined a month or so before the trade deadline of some of these guys. But, you know, I think some of those names, I think teams are going to make phone calls on, on Jake McCabe and Connor. I think all these guys, people will kick the tires on all of these players. Um, whether it happens or not, I, I don't, you know, remains to be seen. Deals are hard to do. Colby Cohen joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 on this Christmas Eve. Colby had the NCAA championship clinching goal for BU back in the day, was most outstanding player of the tournament. Uh, He also does uh, some work with ESPN uh, for their college hockey as well. We're going to get into the World Juniors here uh, in the next couple of days, and it's just going to be great to watch specifically Team Canada and the back end where you've got you know, Nolan Allen, you've got Ethan Del Mastro, and Kevin Korchinski, all Blackhawks prospects, all are going to get some run here. Who are you kind of uh, honing in on as you get set to watch the World Juniors coming up? Yeah, well, look, I, I think, um, you know, I obviously have a bias towards the United States, and I always like to watch the U.S. team. These are players that I, I see in broadcast games for. A lot of them I get to know doing games. Um, throughout the year but you you know as a Blackhawks employee and analyst it's hard not to keep an eye on Team Canada this year because uh, the Blackhawks have have three defensemen and one forward in Colton Dock on the Canadian World Junior team and um, you know they almost had Ryan Green on that team who by all accounts should have made it but they kind of already had their NCAA quota Team USA doesn't like taking major junior players Team Canada doesn't really like taking college players if they don't have to so you know, I'm excited to see the young D. I think Kevin Korchinski's got a great opportunity for a little coming out party here on, a, on an international stage. Uh, Ethan Del Mastro is an assistant captain for Team Canada. Now, this is his second World Junior, and last World Junior started as the seventh defenseman, wound up playing top four minutes after, like, the second game of the tournament. So he worked himself into the lineup and then moved up the lineup. So you got to hope a guy like him in his second World Junior is ready to sort of take on a leadership role, produce more, play bigger minutes against other teams' top lines. So it's really about the D. Nolan Allen, he starts the tournament as kind of the seventh defenseman. But one thing that I've seen over the years with the World Juniors is, is you know, they have an idea of what the roster is going to look like. They bring the players in. You play pre-tournament games. But then once the tournament starts, uh, and you start to play other good teams because there are bad teams at the World Juniors. I mean, there's mm-hmm. going to be nights where you're winning, you know, ten and and by ten and twelve goals. But once the games start to get good, and you play in Finland, you're playing Sweden, playing USA, and and you start to play those teams, you find out who your guys are, and the lineup can change. So for Nolan Allen, like I said, who's kind of starting as a seventh defenseman on Team Canada. He'll have an opportunity to work his way up the lineup and, and potentially we'll see him with Korchinski a little bit. So, you know, overall, if you're a Blackhawks fan, Team Canada's got to excite you a little bit. I think it, it, it shows that some of these draft picks, even predating Kyle, you know, guys like Allen and guys like Del Mastro, they're, they're progressing. You know, they're developing because Canada's a tough team to make. I mean, it, it, is, mm-hmm. it is a very difficult hockey club to make for, for a young Uh, Canadian hockey player. Colby, thanks for doing this. Happy holidays to you and Alex. 2023 is going to be a great one for, uh, for you guys. Got a baby on the way, a daughter in, uh, in April. So a lot to look forward to. We are very excited and always a pleasure to come on with you guys. And, uh, 
We'll see you in the next couple of days. Happy holidays to you guys as well. That's Colby Cohen from the Chicago Blackhawks. We're back to wrap up the hockey show on ESPN 1000 after this. You're listening to The Hockey Show. We are Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. You're listening to The Hockey Show. Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Show on ESPN 1000 this Christmas Eve edition. We are sponsored by the Chicago Wolves, the defending Calder Cup champs. Thanks to our producer, Charlie Bevins. Our uh, guest, Colby Cohen. Uh, White Sox Weekly is coming up next with Tyler Aki, Barstool Chief, Pat Boyle for another second. Uh, when you were a kid, do you remember like the, the first hockey gift that you got or that... Uh, yeah, I didn't get it every year, but like getting a new stick at Christmas yeah. time, that was always a special thing. And, and it, obviously, it's a hard thing to wrap. It sticks out like a sore thumb. And it was a thing. So you would see it, you know, around the Christmas tree. The first thing that gets you the most excited. You open it up. My dad would always do this thing where he would like shake it to like, we got to make sure the goals get to the bottom of this stick. <laughs> and then you, you know, you'd usually have a Christmas tournament. So it gets work right away. And you show up like feeling like a million bucks with your new Eastern Synergy or whatever it was at the time. And those are actually back in vogue. Colby, yes. our guy Colby has one, uh, the the new, the re-release. And that was always like a special kind of tradition, almost like a tradition. Like you would get a new stick and like, let's put it right to work. Hopefully get a goal in this tournament. Uh, mine would be a street hockey net. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I'm much, I'm more your dad's age and, you know, we'd shoot up against the garage. So to get a real net. Yeah. And again, back in the 80s, it took forever to assemble. It wasn't like it is now where, you know, it looks like you can put a, well, put it up in a minute. They do. And then I remember when I was a kid, they had the, the plastic, like the, uh, what was it, PC... Uh, the, pipe. Yeah, the, the piping. And they, they were like spray painted red. You have the little, uh, the joints. And those things would last about, I don't know, three hours three before hours. you would just smash. You know, you have the wrong puck and just the thing would explode. So, but those were always great too. The basement tennis ball games too. Well, hopefully you have a great Christmas out there. Thank you for listening to the hockey show on ESPN 1000. For Barstool Chief, I'm Pat Boyle. Happy holidays, everybody. We'll see you in 2023. The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief on the ESPN Chicago Triple Play. AM, FM, and app.